Blog Talk Radio. The Bay Area Sports Show starts now. Just a loyal fan, trying to do the best they can. I'm not afraid to take a stand, take a stand. Now your host, Danny Golden. Good evening, everyone. 11.34 on this wonderful evening where I, Danny Golding, is proud to be with you here on the Log Talk Radio. Step aside for a second while I give a couple people some links to this show so I'm not just talking to an empty room here, but it is great to be on Log Talk Radio. Actually, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to get right onto the show. Um, I, of course, I'm not only live on Blog Talk Radio, I am also live on YouTube. I used to have shows here on Blog Talk as a young teenager where I got to talk about some big moments, such as the Giants winning three World Series. Now I am here with the Golden State Warriors winning three titles in four years. And this past season, en route to a three-peat, which may have completely ended last night as the Warriors dropped game four to the Toronto Raptors, 105 to 92, led by Kawhi Leonard's 36 points, which he had 17 of in the third quarter alone. Serge Ibaka had 20 points. It just dominated the Warriors in the paint. Pascal Siakam, who had, has made a name for himself this series, had 19. And on the Warriors side, Steph, of course, Steph Curry had 27 points which was absolutely nothing compared to game three where he had a playoff career high of 47 points with Clay out. And speaking of Clay, who last night had 28 points, um, Kevon Looney, who was originally supposed to be out for the rest of the series, came out strong with 10 points. And this is what Steve Kerr had to say on um, Clay and Kevon's performance. Clay was amazing. I mean, you know, with a tweaked hamstring to do what he did. Uh, Looney as well, you know, coming coming in and playing 20 minutes, uh, you know, given his injury status. So both those guys are uh, they're warriors, no pun intended. You know, they, they, they just uh, compete, 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 and I'm really proud of both of them. Uh, both played really well, but uh, again, it just I mean, it wasn't enough uh, in terms of our team effort. I love how well-spoken and calm Steve Kerr always is. Win or lose, no matter what the circumstances, no matter all of, you know the bullshit that he has to deal with. Um, but it's, it's hard to face it, but this series might be over. The Warriors are one game away from elimination, one game away from the three-peat being no more. And, you know, this is a team that, of course, was expected by almost everyone to automatically win the title, you know, no questions asked. But, of course, you know, the Eastern Conference has not been a whole lot on the Warriors' radar. Um, But Toronto is just one of the top teams out there. And if If they end up pulling it off, they definitely deserve it. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was unstoppable last night. You know, again, like I said, Pascal Siakam has made a name for himself this series. Serge Ibaka was there. 
last night. Um, Kyle Lowry has put up some big numbers for them. And, you know, this Warriors team, you know, of course, KD's injury has a lot to do with it, but they just kind of seem out of sync in general. And if they want any shot at coming down 3-1 and actually winning this series, then they have to go to Toronto, games on Monday, get a win, and they they did in game two, but, I mean, it's amazing how different it is now compared to before this series started. You know, if you would have told me that the Raptors would be up 3-1 and they would have won both games in order, I would have said you're out of your mind. I mean, Toronto's a good team, but this team is just so much better. This team has been to five straight finals, but that was not the case. And the Raptors now have that 3-1 lead. And, of course, in 2016, the Warriors were the ones that were up 3-1, to and the Cavs came back. And, you know, speaking of that series, in Game 7, you remember the last two minutes where the Warriors just did not make anything? I've noticed a little bit of a trend. These last couple games, Game 3 and 4 at Oracle especially, that when the Warriors kind of are out of rhythm and just kind of down by a good margin, you know, that wasn't the case with the Portland series where they were down a good margin for the three of the four games and they still swept it and were played as a second half team that they are coming back and just, you know, from the deficit and just coming back like it's no problem and winning the game. But, and that's what they did in game two of this series. But, you know, game one, and you know, game and game three, and at in the fourth quarter of this game, you could just sense that the Warriors just did not have them have it in them to actually come back and win. They just did not. You could just sense by the way they were playing, by how like they executed poorly, by how they were getting stopped left and right, and. Their defense has also been off. You know, Draymond, of course, is always a great defender. But, you know, with, with KD being gone, you know, he their defense suffers a big blow as well. And, you know, with, with Clay being out in game three, defense was just <laughs> non-existent. You know, of course, Steph had 47 points, a playoff career high, which, you know, for the finals – it's definitely something you want to see, but he cannot do it two nights in a row. And game four last night, it was odd because in the first quarter the Warriors had a pretty damn good lead. I mean, they were they were only up like they were only up by like uh, twenty three to twelve, I, I believe it was. But still, you know, usually when the Warriors are up by that amount at home, especially uh, you think what is most likely at this point now going to be the last ever game at Oracle. And, of course, you know, they were playing to try to make sure that was not the case. They always just put the team away, you know, once they got that much of a lead. But last night, you know, and in the first the first half entirely was back and forth, back and forth, Warriors, Raptors, just up-tempo. And then in the, at the beginning of the third quarter, you know, Kawhi Leonard just had a couple threes to start it off. And then... That was that. 
want to welcome Sports Live in the ATL to the chat on YouTube. Sports Live in the ATL, thank you for joining me. I am also live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to post a link to that. If anyone here watching on YouTube or listening on Blog Talk would like to call in, the number, the call number is 516-595-8157. Um, Sports Live in the ATL, of course, is a big Falcons fan and also a big Atlanta Hawks fan. And I'm going to read what he has to say. Because I know you're down 3-1, but not over yet. Warriors win game five, it goes to seven. But I don't feel bad for Warriors fans or the Warriors. I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you should not feel bad for us. Because the success that we've had making it to five straight finals, it's nothing that you need to feel bad for, you know. Hey, I don't feel bad for them either, you know. The team looked like they were going to win the series, and they just didn't of course, at first was favored. But, you know, the Raptors are just more hungry for it because they've, just like where the Warriors were in 2015, the Raptors have never been to a finals, have obviously never won a championship. You know, Toronto or the, the whole country of Canada is, you know, it's a big hockey country. You know, the NBA started there in the 90s. Um, they had uh, Vancouver Grizzlies back then also. Um, but, it's kind of developed into a basketball country too. And of course, that's another thing I'm going to get into at the end of the game. And if this ends up being the last ever game at Oracle, it's kind of an embarrassing moment. Although, you know, you can't really feel too embarrassed about it. You know, there were a, a ton of Raptors fans in there and at the end they kind of like celebrated and, you know, a lot of the Warrior fans just left early, which by the way, if it's your last game, it was going to most likely at this point be your last ever game at a historic arena like that where you've had so many great moments. You're going to leave early. Are you kidding me? Like, just like I, I tweeted last night, those fans better have driven on the 880, better have all the way there themselves, found a shitty parking spot, needed to get out of there quickly. That's no excuse either, but at least they have something, some kind of, an excuse a little bit, because if they took part to the game, if they took a look at the game, they have no business leaving on what is going to be one of the most historic games in their entire franchise. Levin-ETL said Warrior fans has followed in those bandwagons since Curry got there. Um, actually, of course, any team that's going to have success there, David, is going to bandwagon fans, but the Warriors throughout the shitty years, throughout the bad years, had one of, sold out almost every game at Oracle Arena when they were one of the worst teams in the entire league. So, I mean, you can they have a narrative of being bandwagon fans now, but if you would have if anyone would have mentioned the term bandwagon Warriors fans seven years ago, then that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> and um, David, it's it's all good. A lot of people don't don't really know that, but. That's something that I would like to make clear here. Um, the Warriors have been one of the most loyal fan bases throughout the NBA. Um, do they have a shot to win this series? Absolutely they can. I mean, the amount of talent they have, they can. But I just don't see it happening. I see Toronto getting the win in game five because, you know, it's back in Toronto. They have the momentum and everything. Um, JD in the Sacktown in the chat or Hockey Hater TV, I should say, says bandwagon started in 07, 
got worse after Korea before us seven. Nobody outside of Oakland was a Warrior fan. Now they're everywhere, and I hate y'all. Yeah, okay, JD. JD's a Kings fan, by the way. Um, okay, well, yeah, there were of course there were some bandwagon fans after the We Believe upset, but not really anywhere near the amount of bandwagon Warrior fans that don't live in the Bay Area. However. You won't see a whole lot of them at Oracle. I mean, most of the fans at Oracle will be the, the true fans. Um, and I really don't believe there were a whole lot of bandwagon fans after they just upset the Mavericks and then lost in the second round to the Jazz. I maybe throughout that next year because, you know, they that next year after that, they had like 50 wins, and they did not make the playoffs because of how great the Western Conference is. And now a decade later – the Western Conference is kind of a weak conference, and because of that, the Warriors are able to make it to five straight finals. So it's crazy how times change. <laughs> JD says, I bandwagon the We Believe team. Actually, I was 10 years old at that time. I actually became a sports fan about, like, six months before that. So when I first started saying the Golden State Warriors are my team, they sucked that same year, and then they ended up coming back to having that upset, which was incredible. But, you know, just pure coincidence. Um, and, of course, I stuck with them through their shitty years after that. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that narrative, it works. You know, you can describe it because, of course, there's going to be a bandwagon fans for any team that has that much success. But, you know, the whole point, though, is that the true fans should not have left. The true fans had no, no business leaving. And, I'm, I give a lot of props to the Raptors and their fans because, you know, they are loyal. And actually, from what I've been studying up on a lot about about it is uh, Toronto fans in general, they travel pretty well. And it was actually cheaper to go to a game at for them to fly, especially for them that lived in, like, west the western side of Canada, which was, of course, Toronto's on the far east side. It was cheaper for them to fly all the way to – the Bay Area and get tickets as expensive as they were and go to the games at Oracle that it was to actually go to the games in Toronto, which is incredible. Um, back into the game itself. I was not impressed with a lot of, with this whole bench in general. Um, Quinn Cook is a talented player, but he just does not fit in this system at all. Like, he had a good game in game two. Like, he had about, I think, 10 points like when we came back and got that win. But other than that, and, you know, he's been in game six of the Houston series, he had a, a good defensive game. But he just does not fit in the system at all. I mean, I could see him having success somewhere else. But Kevon Looney, or Kevon Looney's a beast. Kevon Looney, we need to get back next year. <laughs> Quinn Cook, on the other hand, no. Jordan Bell, on the other hand, no. Alfonso McKinney, on the other hand, no. Jonas Varevko, maybe. Although Jonas Varevko did get that block swatted by Serge Ibaka. Uh, of course, the Raptors' defense is, is no joke either. I mean, that's part of the reason why. Um, Warriors at least made it to about 109 points in the first three games. However, in game four, they only made it to... Um, 92 and Simus, welcome to the chat. Tells me to smoke some weed, it's all over. Well, you know, I would, I'd go in back in my casino, smoke a bowl. But 
I'm here live in my room doing this show, so it's a little hard to do that. Let's see. And if anyone wants to call, the number is 516-595-8157. Of course, that number again is 516-595-8157. If you don't want me to see your number, you could always block it just by doing star 67. And not that I would care what your number is anyway. I'm not an asshole. Just going to copy it down and do whatever, you know. Um, Simon, thanks for joining. Simon's is a long-time Cowboy fan. Shout-out to Otis in the chat. Welcome as well. Otis has been a long-time listener of my old show that I did a few years ago. Um, it's great to see him back here. Um, by the way, the Giants tonight, they lost 7-2 to the Dodgers. They were up. Three to two at one point, or I believe I know. I think they were up two one actually, but it was it was only a three two Dodger game, and I actually forget who it was, but they literally walked in two runs to start off a big rally for the Dodgers with the bases loaded. Ridiculous! Oh man, but I mean, you know, this is kind of a rebuilding year for the Giants. You can't expect a whole lot, but I mean, come on, when you're playing the Dodgers. And, you know, you have a chance to get a good win against them, and you throw it away like that. It just, ugh. But anyway, back to this Warriors team. Um, they have a chance to come back because that's how great they are in general. But without KD, it's going to be almost impossible. So I say that – and I honestly, just like everyone's been saying, um, KD's injury is probably a lot more serious than it was, than everyone expected it to be. Just like kind of similar to when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his, tore his ACL in week three against the Kansas City Chiefs, it didn't look like it'd be that serious, you know, when you look at the play. But, of course, he ended up tearing his ACL. Um, Kevin Durant's injury, even more, it looked – when you watched that, you were like, what just happened? I mean, he, he made a, a jump shot, and then after that, he just had trouble walking and just – it almost made no sense what was going on there. Um but it ended up being ruled a mild calf strain. However, I think that injury is a lot worse. And I just don't see him coming back because if he was going to, he would have already came back because, you know, there's just no way that a two-time finals MVP just doesn't is, – is ready to play and just isn't going to because, like, no, like – there was rumors that he'd be back in game three of the Portland series. And here we are going to game five of the NBA finals. And we have no idea what is going on with Kevin Durant. I mean, the whole, like all that bullshit talk about he's lying about the injury. Just stop. Just no, no. So, and all this, these rumors about him going to the Knicks or the Nets or even the Lakers and the Clippers. You know, if we were to win this title without him, I could see him leaving. But if we lose this title without him, what does he have to lose to come back and try to win one next year? Like, answer me that. If we lose this title, if the Warriors lose this title, which at this point, unfortunately, it most likely looks like it is going to be the case, why would KD not want to put himself in the best opportunity to get a ring in 2019-2020? with the Golden State Warriors opening up at Chase Center, a new arena. And I believe Kevin Durant also lives in, San, in the city of San Francisco rather than the East Bay like most of the Warriors do. So 
why would he not at least want to be there for the first season at the new arena? And I'm going to check the chat real quickly. Um, Simon says it's a massive suicide watch from Big Shooter. <laughs> Rika blame Curry's wife. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get how people can be that all mad about that all that success after all the bad years that we've had. I mean, because hey, you know, it's it it's gonna suck losing that we're most likely gonna lose the finals, but everyone thought going into the chase that at the Warriors would still be a below-average team. I mean, I remember 2012 when when this whole thing was announced. I remember doing a show back then covering the whole thing, kind of. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't officially covering it, but, hey, I was 15 and I was doing a show. So, basically, as far as I'm concerned, I'm covering. Just like I'm covering this Warriors-Raptors series, despite the fact that this is just an internet radio show also being live-streamed on YouTube. But, anyway, point being, nobody saw Steph Curry being – like, everyone knew he was good back then. It was shortly after he traded Monte Ellis and, and everything. But no one expected that he'd be the greatest shooter, most like one of the greatest shooters in the history of the game. So everyone thought going to that new arena that it was going to be a losing season going into the new arena. Um, want to welcome uh, Tyler Marshall, my my friend, into the chat room. <laughs> JD calling it Harry Potter rated just because I have glasses on. Okay. Well, I'm actually getting some really cool new ones that's going to have a sick frame this week. So everyone can look forward to that. Um, but, yeah, if the Warriors want to win this series, want to come back from that 3-1 deficit without being healthy, then they need – to execute better. By the way, yes, Tyler Marshall is one of my my best friends. Um, thanks for joining this live chat and supporting this show that's back on the air after a four-year hiatus or whatever. Um, by the way, I, I have a question. Um, you're a Duke fan. What do you think about Quinn Cook, the way he played? He played really well in game two, but game three, game four, he just was non-existent. And you know, I, honestly, in game three, I thought he should have been in the starting lineup. I think that he would be a good fit on another team. On the Warriors in the system, I just do not think that he has – that he's a good fit at all for this. And same thing with Alfonso McKinney and freaking – you know, most of this bench in general with the exception of, of course, Kevon Looney. And I thought Andrew Bogut should have gotten more action in this series. Um that was just good in game two. Other games, a liability, didn't have the confidence. Yeah, that's exactly a good point because a lot of times you would see him try to go for a three, and he just – or, I'm sorry, you would see him kind of running in transition, wanting to shoot a three, but then it's just not, not having the actual confidence to do it because of, you know, being on the same team as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson – you just don't expect that you're the guy that should put up that shot when you're on a team with a bunch of all-stars. As simple as that. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if somehow the Warriors are able to be the one that causes another team 
to blow a 3-1 lead. And, uh, yes, I do think Kevin Durant will return. I, got, I talked about that a little bit before he joined. And part of the reason why is because it looked like they're most likely going to lose this series at this point. Why would KD not put himself in the best possible scenario to win a championship 2019-2020 season? Why would he want to go to the Knicks or the, the Nets? Is another rumor I've heard. Or even worse, the Lakers. Now the Clippers, in general, not not next year, but in general, that would make that would make sense. But no, and honestly, Kevin Durant has not said a word himself on what he wants to do next year. It's all been bullshit, media speculation, and nothing else at all. There's people in the athletic writing articles thinking that they know it all. I mean, just uh. now if if they were to win it and he comes back, I think there'd be a chance of him staying. But if they were to win it without him coming back at all somehow, then yeah, he's gone for sure. I'd say, and uh, I believe Stephen A. Smith. I read an article today that um, it was actually a quote from before this series that Stephen A. Smith said that I think it was at it was before Game Two of the series where Stephen A. Smith said that if the Warriors lose the series, KD will return if they win. He's gone for sure. Um, and of course, after after the Warriors had her at the game too, no one expected the Raptors would have a lead in this series. But yeah, that's... I want to know how Stephen A. Smith is able to get all this information. Um, it also put out in that article that in 2010, before LeBron made his decision to go to the, to the Heat from the Cavs, and also like Chris Bosh... Be, before that he predicted or reported, I should say, because he somehow had an inside source that that big three, LeBron, Chris Boss, and, and Dwayne Wade, would all end up playing together in Miami that year. Of course, Dwayne Wade had already played for the Heat for years at that point. But so everyone's pointing that out and saying that Stephen A. Smith must absolutely be right. Hey, you know. I don't see why Kevin Durant would want to leave next year. It just does not make any sense. Yes, I could see why he'd want a new challenge somewhere else, but I just next year does not seem like it would make any sense at all because the Warriors are opening up the Chase Center next year. Not far from where Kevin Durant's apartment supposedly is, from what I've read. Not that that makes a whole bit of a, a difference, but hey, you know, most Warrior players live in the East Bay. KD lives in downtown San Francisco. Does it make sense for him to leave right when the team is going to play that close to his house? Absolutely not. Check the chat a little bit. Yeah, what are Tyler wants to know what my thoughts on the Warriors part owner incident. Yeah, that was an interesting. Now, when I saw that on TV, and I like also like have the radio broadcast on. Um, it didn't look like much, but every they were saying that you know a fan pushed Kyle Lowry. And what they were kind of speculating is that maybe it was a knee-jerk reaction because, you know, with Kyle Lowry just going into the crowd like that, no one, you know, he didn't, he had thought, had no idea like how to react 
you know, in that split second. But when you actually look at the close-up of it, the part owner, or as just as we thought at first, just a, re- a average regular fan, it's a millionaire, um, wasn't really near where where Kyle Lowry like went into the stands. He was like a maybe a row or two behind, so he kind of went out of his way to like push him, which obviously was most likely intentional. And the fact that he's a part owner of the Warriors makes it even worse. And um, he has been suspended. I don't think that's the right term. Um, prevented from attending any game this series. If So he'd be prevented from attending game six. And also next year, I believe this is what I read. I might be wrong, but I, all of next year, he's banned from returning to any Warriors home games. And obviously, you know, his shares on the Warriors are – he's not going to be able to have any share, any part-time affiliate with the Warriors at this point. Um, and, you know, Joe Lakeup handled the situation great. Kyle Lowry, you know, I give him props for, you know, pointing out that, you know, Joe Lakeup and the Warriors' regular ownership is not going to tolerate that, you know, because pointing out how respectful Joe Lakeup is. So, you know, I give props to Kyle Lowry for – realizing that it was just, you know, a freak incident and this does not reflect on the Warriors organization or even anyone that sits courtside for that matter. Uh, if you want to call into this show, the number is 516-595-8157. Um, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at Danny49 or And, of course, this YouTube chat is rolling. At least for my sake, we've got four viewers. Thank you so much. Um, Tyler says that Katie bought a house here where I live in Phoenix, which I did not hear that, but that is interesting. If that's true, that is really interesting. Um, I'll tell you this. The Warriors are not flying to Toronto to get blown out by the Raptors. I think Toronto will win game five, and I think they deserve to win game five, but I do not see them going down without a fight. And I think the Warriors do have a shot at winning game five and at least taking it back to game six. And I hope to God the Warriors do not lose game six and get eliminated on their very last game at Oracle. I think it'd be better for them to just lose the second to the last game at Oracle and then lose in game five. Because I'm telling you right now, if it goes, if game six, if there's a game six at Oracle Arena and the Warriors the Warriors are winning that game right now. I'm telling, I'm telling you that right now. The Warriors are going to win game six if there is a game six at Oracle. Case closed. Because they are not going to come into their last game, what will definitely be their last game at that arena, and just blow it and lay an egg like that. That is just not going to happen. I just do not see that happening. Um, if that happens, I think the, the Raptors could still win in game seven, which probably will most likely be the case. Um, will Drake have an impact on game five? <laughs> he might, dude. I mean, he's at the Sochi Bank Arena. He's able to have an. I don't. I mean, I hope he doesn't have an impact on how the Warriors play. He might have an impact on how the Raptors play, but <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know, the whole Drake thing. I don't have a whole lot big problem with it. However, I have stopped listening to Drake on my playlist until after this series has ended. Um, you know, he has. 
Yes, Steph and Clay's, and I believe Katie's number, uh, tattooed on, like, on him. So, you know, there's not a whole big of a, as much of a rivalry as you would expect. It's not just, oh, Drake hates the Warriors. No, I mean, he's from Toronto. He's a, been a Raptor fan his whole life. I mean, he's even, you've seen him go, you, you've seen him sit courtside at Oracle during other games, during random regular, regular Warrior season games. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to take our one and only music break so I can catch a breather. And we got about a half hour, 25 minutes left. Um, invite you to stick around. Where did my switchboard go? Did I lose it? Did I lose my switchboard? Hold on a sec. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, here it is. Okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Bay Area Sports Show. On Blog Talk Radio and streaming live on YouTube. We'll be right back. Continues on Blog Talk Radio, 
Now your host, Danny Golding. Welcome back. We're back. Yeah, blog, video, and video on YouTube. <laughs> if you want to call in, the number is 516-595-8157. JD in the chat. Um, I personally do not think Alicia Curry looks like Heinz Ward, but hey, if you think she does, more power to you. Although I will say that that was an interesting thing that that thing in the news about how Alicia Curry said that she doesn't that she gets jealous that she doesn't or that you know she sees girls hitting on stuff but she doesn't see guys hitting on her. I mean, all I gotta say to that is Steph is kind of a celebrity and you're kind of you know the celebrity's wife, but not everyone will recognize you the same way that they recognize Steph. I think that might have just something to do with it. I don't know. That's all I got to say. But, hey, I got love for Alicia. Or, she's a Curry. Got love for the whole Steph, the whole Curry clan. By the way, in that Portland series, you can see how well Seth Curry, his brother, just guarded Steph. He had, like, I believe, three steals in each game. I mean, he just – obviously, he knows how to defend Steph more than anyone else because it goes back to the backyard with them. But – Man. Yeah. Or Aisha, whatever, JD. Shaking my head. By the way, if anyone on this um live chat saw me kinda of limping when I went to get water, that's because my foot falls asleep whenever I'm on this computer and when I stand up it's like one of the worst pains you could ever have. But whatever, you know, we're back. We're live on the air. We're ready to roll. One thing I want to get into also is uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Shout out to him. We all thought he would be out until January of next year because he had the same injury that he had before. But the way that he worked, the way that he rehabbed, to be able to get back in the series, <laughs> shows some great resiliency. And in game, game two and three, he actually played pretty damn well. And in game two, he played well while he was still kind of injured, too. Because you could see the way he walked on the court, that he's kind of like not really limping, but just not walking up the floor the same way he would if he, like, was not injured at all. Did not. And Iquodala also was playing a little bit injured. And yet, despite that, Iquodala still put in some work. 15 of the game, Curry, Finch. Doubles with a dribble. Throws cross court to Livingston. Good catch. Goes to Andre. He's open. Launches a three. Buried it! He buried it with 5.9 to go! Clutch shot by Andre Iguodala. And there, he absolutely saved this game. Warriors rolling leading by two. Timeout Toronto with 5.9 left. Hey, I tell you right now, if Andre does not hit that shot, the Raptors 
could have swept the Warriors. I mean, is that not crazy? I mean, hey, if I would have told you before this series that the Raptors would have, would be one Andre Iguodala three away from possibly sweeping the series, would you believe me? Now, of course, you know, I was I did not sleep on Toronto. You know, I know how good Kawhi Leonard is. I mean, when he hit that buzzer beater against Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semis, I kind of had a feeling that the Raptors were going to beat the Bucs and we were going to face them in the NBA Finals. You know, if the Warriors were playing the Bucs right now, I think we would be up, like, 3-1. to one. I think we'd be the ones up 3-1. to one. Or we maybe we could have even swept the Bucs, honestly. I mean, as good as Giannis... Andre Kupo is, you know, who else do the Bucks really have? What, Eric Bloodsaw? I, mean, I would not have been afraid of the Bucks, but, you know, this Raptors team is a good team. You know, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, you name it. They have talent. They're hungry. They've never won anything before. Anything. We have five people viewing. Thank you to the five people. Um, someone in the chat whose name I, I'm going to try to pronounce it asking if I think the series is over in game five. Yes. Unfortunately, I do think that Toronto is going to get that win in game five. However, I hope I am wrong. I hope the series can come back to Oracle for a game six. Um. And, yeah, Kevon Looney is a tough motherfucker. Like, he was also playing injured. Like, it, no one thought that Kevon would be back for this series. And yet, here he is. And that just proves that you just cannot trust. You know, just like with the KD injury, you just cannot trust, like, your first, you know, the first news you hear after an injury because nine, nine times out of ten it could very well be wrong. Um, JD wants to give a shout out to his Kings. You know, JD, I was hoping that we would have played you in the first final of the playoffs. But unfortunately, you guys could not get it done, and that did not happen. What the fuck happened to your team, JD? Like, I was hoping for an 880 series. Yeah, Kevon is a beast. Um, you know, he's the future. The Warriors need re-sign him next year. Absolutely need to. What is really wrong with Katie? I think he hurt his leg more than what was originally thought of to be the case. I mean, I just, yeah. He, he He's had to just like, there's no way that's just a mild cap train if he's still not going to be playing. Or there's a possibility that it was, but, you know, the doctors just don't think that it's good for his health in the future for him to play any game in the series. You know, from what I've heard about that injury, it does not seem to normally be one that lasts that long. Um, you know, DeMarcus's injury looked, looked, looked way worse by the way that he reacted after having it than, than KD did. And, of course, Clay's hamstring also looked worse. In Clay's hamstring injury in game two, also 
worse than than KD's injury. But you know, hey, sometimes an injury that doesn't look bad at all <laughs> ends up being one of the worst ones possible. <laughs> Everyone in the chat talking about saying Katie has chicken legs. <laughs> oh, man. Tyler thinks the Clippers are getting Kawhi. That's another thing. Okay. So you're telling me that Kawhi is going to bring Toronto like their first championship ever? Well, I mean, they've only been a team since 1995, but still. I mean, come on. He's just going to leave them the next year? That is a terrible thing to do. And, like, LeBron, I'd be like if LeBron left after the 2016 championship, which, you know, he did what he should have done. He left after the Warriors defeated him in, in 2018. I mean, because that is a no bigger, you know, middle finger to your fan base that is supported you by just leaving next year after you're able to do something, something special for them. Hey, I mean, can, should the Warriors go after Kawhi then in that case, if Katie does leave? <laughs> just ridiculous. Um, is Livingston retiring? Yeah, I think he is. And by the way, speaking of, Livingston's another guy I forgot to mention. He's done okay in this series. Uh, game two, he had, he had a good game. But he's just not had a whole lot left in the tank. You can tell when you watch him on the floor that he just does not have it really in him anymore. And yeah, I, Otis asks, it's going to, Otis says it's going to be hard for Kawhi to leave the Raptors. Why leave Raptors for a Clippers team that is not there yet? That is true. However, the Clippers, they are a talented team. Of course, you know, some people thought they, were, they would upset us in the first round, which was insane, but came pretty damn close. Um, Lou Williams is a stud. I see the Warriors and the Clippers battling it out next year once again, you know, in a series. And by the way, that's, here's another thing. I guarantee you, I am willing to bet any money that I have that the Warriors will at least make it to the Western Conference Finals next year no matter what. And if Kevin Durant is back on this team next year, I will – I guarantee the Warriors will be 2019-2020 champions. I, Toronto gets this series – and I honestly could see it being a rematch between the Warriors and the Raptors next year. That won't make the rest of the world happy, but <laughs> hey, that would be good for this rivalry. Brian Kim um, from my hometown of Palo Alto, one of my good friends on Facebook. Thank you for joining and watching. How have you been, man? Good to see you. Shafi, Shafi. Help that's how I'm pronouncing your name. Yes. Which MVP player left after a title before? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I believe in any sport, the only thing that I can even remember, and of course I was too young to remember this, um, but I believe after the Ravens won a Super Bowl, Trent Dilfer left the next year. Of course, well, actually also, um, Nick Foles, as the backup quarterback did win um, the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and he is no longer with the Eagles. And, of course, he was just a backup to uh, Carson Wentz at that time. Um, but 
No, I I did not see Kawhi leaving if the if the Raptors you know can close out this series. That would just absolutely be ridiculous. I mean, no, just no. That's that's not going to happen. Um, I did play this soundbite earlier, but a lot of people that are watching now did not. This is what uh, Steve Kerr had to say on the performance from Clay Thompson and Kevon Looney coming off an injury. Clay was amazing. I mean, you know, with a tweaked hamstring to do what he did. Uh, Looney as well, you know, coming coming in and playing 20 minutes, uh, you know, given his injury status. So both those guys are uh, they're warriors, no pun intended. You know, they, they, they just uh, compete, 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 and I'm really proud of both of them. Um, both played really well, but uh, again, it just I mean, it wasn't enough uh, in terms of our team effort. Absolutely right. It was not enough. The Raptors came out strong. It is so different, though, how it mostly in this playoffs, you see the Warriors being the ones that, that play catch up ball and come back and win. But in this game, it was the Raptors because the Warriors came up to a had a 10-point lead, 10 to 12-point lead in the first quarter. And, and the second quarter, it was back and forth, back and forth, lead changes, lead changes. And then the third quarter, you know, Kawhi opens up with two threes, and then the Raptors just kind of just dominated from there, especially at the end of the third quarter and then to the fourth quarter. Just had nothing left in the tank, and that's why they did not get the win. Simple as that. And I also got into this earlier, you know, all those Raptor fans celebrating, you know, to them. I mean, the fact that they were able to travel all the way from Canada because it was cheaper for them to go to a game at Oracle than it was to go in Toronto. I mean, Toronto fans, of course, travel very well. So I do not, like some people say, oh, they're bandwagon fans. No, no. They're loyal fans that traveled. I mean, if you're a bandwagon fan, I looked at how much the cheapest tickets were. They were in the 700s, and they're just the cheapest ones. The most expensive ticket went for $95,000. And that's another thing. Um, a lot of the regular Warriors season ticket holders, they sold their their final tickets, probably sold their regular playoff tickets too, and they made bank off them. And, of course, if I had season tickets, I'd, I'd at least want to experience maybe a finals in my lifetime. Um, in this case, it being the last year at Oracle, I might want to more importantly see it this year. But a lot of those season ticket holders have probably all been to finals games before, like throughout the five straight years, and did not feel a need to do that necessarily. So they made bank off selling their tickets and getting a $95,000. I mean, hey, I mean, they're millionaires anyway, a lot of them, but still, you know, that's something that is a payday. Um, and as I also addressed this before, um, the Warrior fans that left, they better have driven there. And even that's not an excuse because if they took any kind of public transportation to that game, they had no business leaving on what would most likely be the last game in that historic building whatsoever. It's the NBA Finals. You stay till the end. Plain and simple. I don't care what the score is. I don't even care if you're getting blown out. As a regular season game, a meaningless game in February, sure, go ahead, leave as early as you want. doesn't matter. But in the NBA Finals, playoffs, no excuse whatsoever.
Um, Brian Kim in the chat says, when I saw the game, the first half was good. They're winning by 10 to 12 first quarter. Like you said, they seem tired to me. They just couldn't finish the game out. Yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another thing is with the fatigue, and most of these most of these guys have been through all five year, straight years. They played into June for that long, you know. So they're not – they're going to be fatigued just from that, you know, all the work they put in their body. That's also why they've been more injury-prone. I mean, throughout the, this five-year run, this Warriors team has always usually been healthy. But – you know, this series has just been a different story. And, hey, that's – you can't complain. It's part of the game. you got to stay healthy. Shaffy Shaffy says, despite the championship achievement, Dilfer was not re-signed by the Ravens, becoming the first starting quarterback. Please have this triple win. Yes, going to give myself a pat on the back. I was right. I remember that. Well, I don't remember it, actually. But um, I remember – I watched, like, a documentary, I think, on that Super Bowl, and I remember – hearing that stat. Um, thanks to the five people that are watching. You guys are awesome. You guys are the best. Um, I'll give some shout-outs. Shout-out to my good friend Tyler Marshall in this chat. Shout-out to Otis, one of my good friends from Facebook, who's been a loyal listener to my show throughout the years, as well as Brian Kim from my hometown of Palo Alto as well. Um, Hawk Hater TV, JD, if you're still watching, shout-out to you. You, of course, do live streams about the Niners all the time, so check that out if you're a football fan or 49er fan. Um, and I'll give a shout-out to uh, Sports Live in the ATL, who joined earlier, as well as Shafee Shafee. I believe that's how I pronounce your name. Um, well, we got about we got about two minutes left right now <laughs> on this live stream. Probably going to sign off and minute or so but I want a little final thought here this series is not over I see Toronto winning it at this point but that does not mean do not count out the Golden State Warriors do not underestimate the heart of a champion as LeBron James himself tweeted after game six the Warriors and, and the Rockets semifinals in the Western Conference um, as, as of course he would know more than anyone oh and by the way Expecting a big game from Curry on Monday night. I'm expecting a, a big game from Clay. Got the Clay here to represent that. Um, I don't see KD returning in this series, and but I do see him coming back next year in a Warriors uniform because I don't see us winning this series. And hey, if we win it and he does not come back, it's all good. I'll take a three-peat as well. So either way, this team has a bright future. And thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you to Tyler. Thank you to JD. Thank you to Sports Live and ETL. Thank you to Otis and Brian. And have a great night, everyone.